Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kelly. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottkiwi.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week in the podcast, Mr. Glenn Sobel, the absolutely amazing drummer who's currently touring with the legendary Alice Cooper. I'm joined by Rory Dockery for the second week in a row, the young guitar player from just outside Glasgow, Scotland, who is a massive Glenn Sobel fan. He's seen Alice Cooper play what year? Uh, I think it would have been 2012. Right. And it was uh, it was on Halloween. What a, what a better night to see... Uh Alice Cooper. <laughs> what was the experience like then? You said um, Glenn's playing was amazing. Yeah, I mean, we were, as mu- as like musos, um, me and my bandmate um, went to see them, uh, and Glenn, Glenn Sobel and Oriante, actually, I believe you've had on the show before, um, they both really stood out. Um, I think Glenn's drum solo was probably one of the highlights of the night for me. Um, but just an absolutely, absolutely amazing gig. Now... Obviously, for anybody that missed the podcast last week when we had Rhonda Smith on, the legendary bass player who plays with Jeff Beck and previously Prince, Rory was on the show and you were talking about your band. So for anybody that missed it last week, tell us about the band. Um, uh, We're called Colours to Shame. Uh, We're all from Glasgow and the surrounding areas. Um, We've got a single coming out this summer, hopefully. It's going to be a single with a B-side and maybe a remix on it, hopefully. Um, It's going to be pretty rocking. Who do you guys sound like? Um, A lot of people say we sound like bands like uh, Between the Buried and Me and... Yeah, between the bird me and some kind of more straight up kind of melodic metal stuff like uh, In Flames. Do you guys have your own guitars or? <laughs> yes, we have all our own equipment. That's a little bit of an in joke there, ladies and gentlemen, because Rory and, Rory and I have joked about in the past. There's many people that, and no doubt every musician at any level can relate to this that when you tell certain people that you're in a band or you play music, the looks that you get and they just act as if you're just joking about with your life. Yeah. When you say, I'm in a band, and you get the reaction of like, all right, so do you do do you do little gigs and stuff? You know, do you have your own drum kit? Uh, do you have, do you guys who do you rehearse in a garage? You know, they they almost like they they make it a point. They, to, bel- they belittle you to try and belittle you as much as you can, regardless yeah. of what you say. I can remember one time years ago, right? That's a true story. Playing in a band and um, then bumped into this guy and I'll watch what I say here because he'll, you know, I don't want to single anybody out. But he was working in the butchers at this point, okay, and I was in there and he was chatting to me. I hadn't seen him for a while. And he said, "Uh, so you still doing your little band thing? And by that point I was in a band that were gathering a little bit of momentum. And we were going to play London that weekend and uh, the Islington Academy. And he says, so what are you doing then? And of course, I get kind of embarrassed. I don't know if you're the same. And you can, you're like, oh, I'm just in a band playing away. Yeah. And I hate it when the conversations come yeah, up. Like, yeah, and, yeah, he, yeah. and he's going, um, so where, where are you playing then? I says, I'm playing away. 
and he's, he's kind of belittle in it oh that's pretty good then you get to do little gigs and stuff so where's your Javavan and stuff yeah Javavan he says <laughs> Javavan where, where's your gig on Saturday and I says um, oh it's uh, and again I'm really reluctant it's in London oh whereabouts and he's expecting me to see the duck and he was getting to the point I just thought yeah, I'm playing at, uh, I'm playing um, Islington Academy you know uh, and he goes alright I what's an experience in it you know <laughs> it's, 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 like I've said uh, uh, I'm doing a I'm doing a I'm doing a uh, 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 we're playing at a birthday party um, so we're playing at my <laughs> auditioning for Britain's Got Talent we're, 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 I'm playing at my little brother's birthday party it's an experience isn't it you know it's, I'm playing it I feel like saying hold on a minute here you know and, and making a big scene in the butchers about how it's a really good I'm playing Islington Academy but thankfully I walked away with dignity yes. but I'm still talking about it years later getting annoyed about it so what the hey be the bigger man be, be the bigger man but anyway Glenn Sobel what an honour to chat with Glenn I've been a massive fan for years amazing timing on the kit he knows what to play and when to play it as that old saying goes so it's going to be an absolute pleasure chatting with him today it's going to be a good one okay i'm back on the top music podcast with glenn sobel how are you glenn good what's up i'm doing okay yeah um how's the tour going you're in germany right now and you've got a day off how's it all been panning out great we've had uh germany mines germany and uh We've also had, oh, I can't remember, I'm already at the point where I can't remember where we just were. We were in the Czech Republic for a metal fest there. Excellent. Now, what usually happens in a, a day off? I would imagine it's a lot more civilized nowadays than what the Alice Cooper might have been, band might have been in the 70s and 80s. Um, what do you guys like to do in a day off? Well, it depends where we're at, depends what city we're in. Uh, today, not much. Just relaxing. I, I'm still a tiny bit jet lagged, so just more or less taking it easy. We might meet up with some friends later for dinner and drinks, but pretty pretty mellow today. I mean, other days I might have other things scheduled on a day off for me, like I've done drum clinics on days off, or possibly even doing private lessons at the local music store. We've even done gigs on days off, like the Alice band members, we've scheduled gigs because we, we're crazy, we like to just keep playing on a day off. We're nuts. So it's a life that's just constant music. Now you mentioned drum clinics there. I was watching a couple of your clinics earlier, Glenn, and I, I think it's absolutely great the fact that you can go and, and showcase your skills, but I also imagine that would be very intimidating um, in occasions where you have to, there's an expectation for you guys playing, is it at all intimidating or is it just something that you really like? Uh, I guess if you look at it one way, it can be intimidating, but really at the end of the day, it's about just sharing information and talking to drummers about what it's like in the real world of the music business. I know there's people that show up, they expect to see some some fireworks and they, they come in with a sort of attitude like, well, you know, impress me. Right. Hopefully they are impressed with the overall presentation of, of what I'm doing. But you know, people just they want to they want to find out some some background information. I think that's a really good place for it to talk about it at a drum clinic. You know, what goes on on tour, a recording session in Los Angeles, how do gigs happen? And along the way, I play along to some tracks, do some drum soloing, take some questions. It's usually a good time. Brilliant. One thing that I've stolen from you, I hope you don't mind, the paradiddle diddle groove. 
the thing you've got up on YouTube. I've I've stolen that and used it in my repertoire. I hope that's okay. So you're a drummer. I didn't know that. Yeah, I play the drums. Huh. Yeah, um, and I've I've stolen a couple of your moves. So my, my question is to you, Glenn: Is there anything? Who have you drawn influence from as a drummer? And um, is there anything that you've just directly stolen from recently? Oh man! As far as influences, name it. It just doesn't end. I, that's a that, I can go on forever about that. I mean, there's all the the usual suspects and the not so usual. But lately, you asked: Is there anybody? Yeah, is there, is there anything um, that you've taken from from drummers recently? Um, maybe over the last couple of years, um, maybe even people that we've not heard of. Um, like I said, yeah, yeah, I'm always listening. I mean, as a drummer, that's what you're doing. You're you're listening. You're either casually listening or you're you're kind of listening defensively. Like you're you're listening, but you're wanting to pick up some some ideas or a, an attitude in the playing or even just a certain beat, the lick, whatever. Yeah, that's that's a constant. That's like every day. It's almost a curse, you know. You're Absolutely. Hearing, you're hearing the drums and I mean there's so many great players out there. I just seem to like more and more the players that are coming from a real genuine place that have a an original voice on the instrument. That's not to say that when you play a a straight up rock gig you're not gonna have to play some of the more cliche stock sort of fills and beats that's part of it all there's a time to be a chameleon and a time to be a stylist and you have to figure out which one that you gotta be in that moment but you you name any drummer or band just about I could probably tell you that yeah there's some influence that's been gained there I'd love to throw out some names of drummers for you and then just to get your thoughts on them if you don't mind Glenn is that okay? sure uh, what are your thoughts on Buddy Rich? Well, Buddy Rich, he's regarded as one of the greatest of all time. I was first turned on to him on a TV broadcast when I was a little kid. He was playing with Frank Sinatra, and of course I had never seen anything like that. So immediately I was wanting to find out more about him. I never got to see him live, but now obviously today we can watch endless clips on YouTube. and. He, he was a drummer band leader, which was unusual at the time, and he played with a kind of fire that anybody could appreciate, not just drummers. Oh, it's unbelievable energy and amazing presence on the screen, I think, as well, Glenn. He definitely was one of a kind. Um, somebody we had on the podcast as well recently, Thomas Lang. What are your thoughts on Thomas? Oh, yeah, Thomas is a buddy. Sure, he lives near me in L.A. Thomas is one of those guys, you know, he'll push that envelope just when you think something's impossible. He does it. And you say, well, I guess that's not impossible because I just saw a guy do it. <laughs> so, yeah, really amazing independence. And I know he's he's doing a lot of good work with some of these drum camps that he's doing lately. He's bringing in a lot of guest players. And, yeah, he's really inspiring a lot of people to get to practice, a lot of drummers, sure. Oh, yeah, it's such an intelligent guy as well. You know, to listen to his spin on things is just incredible. Um, let's take it back to Charlie Watts. What are your thoughts on Charlie's playing? You know, I didn't appreciate him so much when I was a kid. I think that's true of a lot of younger drummers. When you're in your teens, you're into the speed and the technique of things, and you look at a guy like Charlie Watts, you say, oh, man, that's nothing. I could do that. He doesn't even play the hi-hat on two and four with the snare. But that's a different feel. You know, the older you get, hopefully you start appreciating that. I definitely do. I actually really love playing Rolling Stone songs. Even with Alice, we play Brown Sugar once in a while on special gigs. Oh, I didn't know that. I'd love to hear that version. That'd be great. 
Now, yeah, yeah, he likes he likes doing the stones once in a while. So let's talk about about Alice then. How did that gig come about, Glenn? Oh man, okay. Back in 2010, Tommy Hendrickson, he's in the band with us, one of the guitar players. He's a guy I've known for a long, long time. We were in a band together in the mid late 90s, and he became more of a producer writer after that. He would get me in on a lot of his recording sessions. In 2010, he called me about doing this Alice Cooper recording session in Nashville, and what it was was we were remaking note for note a few of Alice's classics, and Alice was coming in and re-singing, and for the purpose of whenever a movie or video game wants those songs, they now don't have to deal with the old label that probably doesn't even exist anymore. They can just go straight to Alice and management, they own the masters to these re-recorded songs that sound exactly like the original. So that happened, and the guy overseeing all that, the main producer on that session was Bob Ezrin, who was the original producer back in the day. And so I guess it went well enough where a year later they were going to revamp a few things. They asked Bob to produce the live show. He said, okay, I'll do that. I just think we need to make some changes with the lineup. And he suggested me for drums. And Alice, I had not met him yet, so... Alice said, well, I've heard him. I sung over his tracks, but I got to see him. My drummer's got to be flashy. He said something like that. And they pulled up some YouTube clips right then and there. They were in the studio working on his, uh, mixing his last studio record. So based on that, and then Tommy saying, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm not crazy or anything like that. I said, okay, that's the guy. He's in. And it was just a phone call. Tommy called me, asked if I wanted to do it. Of course, I said yes, and then I met Alice on the first day of rehearsal. Wow, that's a great story. Now, one of the things, uh, one of the lines that you've said in an interview, which really stood out to me, you're talking about how to get gigs, and one of the quotes was uh, that it's perhaps, it can be argued, less than half um, is about the playing. Can you elaborate on this? Obviously, you're referring to the professionalism of, a, of an individual. I don't know if you're cool, but people want to keep things in the family. It just makes sense a lot of the time. When somebody, a band, an artist, is looking for a new musician, one of the first things they're going to do is think, well, who do I know? Or who's done the gig before? Who have I played with before? And beyond that, the other members of the band. Who do you guys know? Who would be good for this? Members of the band can recommend somebody. And if there's nothing there, maybe they do some auditions. And that happens in L.A. There's auditions, but... I never got a gig from one of those big cattle call type of situations where there's like 20 or 30 drummers lined up outside going in to play one or two songs each. I don't even know how they pick somebody out of that. I've, I've been on the other end of that where I'm with some artists and we're auditioning guitarists and bassists all day for two days. At the end of it, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, but I've done the smaller auditions where the players in the band recommend one or two people and Obviously, there's a lot of familiarity there. They could say that so-and-so is a good guy. Let's bring them in. We should play with them. And they're kind of putting their reputation on mine. They they say that I'd be the right guy to come in, so i got to do right by them and show that that's the correct choice. So really, it's it's your friends that bring you into things. So you got to get out there. You have to play with a lot of different people. I know in some cities that's easier than others, but in Los Angeles, where I grew up, 
it was all about the networking and you know with this with the Alice gig I was in a band with Tommy Hendrickson and we've done a lot of different things together the latest being this with Alice very very cool indeed now I'm going to advertise some of our previous episodes right now Glenn and when we come back I want to hear about some of your favourite tracks to play live with Alice Cooper a lot of great awesome previous episodes for you guys to check out um, episode 1 Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols episode 2 Huey Morgan from the Fun Loving Criminals episode 3 Sandy Tom episode 4 Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's band episode 5 Glenn's mate Orianthe episode 6 Bob Jacobs who's the head spokesman from NASA I don't think he's Glenn's mate Episode 7, Dr. Phil Toll, Metallica's Therapist. Episode 8, Graham and Graham from Wet Wet Wet. Episode 9, Andy McKee. Episode 10, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene. Episode 11, Cliff Goldmacher. Episode 12, Steve White, Oasis, The Who and Paul Weller. I'm laughing because I keep messing this up. This is about the fifth take. Episode 13, Martin Taylor, MBE. Episode 14, Stuart Copeland from The Police. Episode 15, Dweezil Zappa. Episode 16, Martin Harley. 17, Julian Lennon. 18, Carol Kay. Tommy Emanuel joined us in episode 19. Kaki King. Episode 20, she's getting married this month. Have a good one, Kaki. Uh, episode 21, John Gom. Episode 22, Nick West. Thomas Lang joined us in episode 23. Last week we had the amazing bass player Rhonda Smith in episode 25, right here, right now. The absolutely amazing Glenn Sobel. All of these episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and ScottCowie.com. Go and check them out. Well, the hits are always great. I love playing Poison. Billion Dollar Babies is always great because that's such an iconic drum part. Uh, Dirty Diamonds is a lot of fun, not just because that's the song with the drum solo, but it's just a good hard-driving song. Uh, so many, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a gig where there's hit after hit. And then some of the deeper tracks can be really fun as well. I like playing Elected. We haven't played that in a minute. I think they saved that only for election years in the United States, but it's got a little bit of a who feel to it. And Muscle of Love is always a fun song. We haven't done that one in a little while. Got to change up the set list here and there. Excellent. Yeah, there's, there's so many great tracks I can imagine to, to drum along to in that gig. Now, somebody that I didn't know that you'd performed with up until today, actually, was, was Jennifer Batten. What was your experience of that gig? That was a fun record. That's one of my favorite instrumental records I've ever done. It was a while ago. It's, it's been some time since we did that. But I still I play along to some tracks off of that record in drum clinics. It's the perfect kind of vehicle for just going off and, and playing some interesting parts, being more a stylist than a, than a chameleon, you know? That was clearly a record where we were doing us, what we wanted to do, and it was a band sound that we kind of came up with for Tribal Rage. So yeah, I still get people asking me about that, and she's great. She's just really innovative with the tapping, but using it in a rhythmic sense, compositional parts, not just soloing. So that influenced me to come up with a lot of those specific drum parts that I never would have thought of had I not heard the riff or just from jamming with her and Ricky Wolking, the bass player, who was also equally as talented. 
Uh, it's such an amazing list, as I said, the people that you've performed with. Now, I don't really trust Wikipedia so much, so this might be wrong, um, but some of the people that's listed there, two of them really stand out to me. Johnny Depp and Mike Myers. Uh, it says that you've worked with them. What's going on there, Glenn? Well, Johnny, you know, he's joined us a lot on the Alice gig. Right. Uh, on the live show. Uh, we've played with him for the movie premiere, or he played with us, really. He was a surprise guest. It was the movie premiere party for Dark Shadows in Hollywood. That's the movie that he did with Tim Burton most recently, and Alice is in the movie, big scene in there. So we played, he joined us at that, he's joined us on the, the live show a few times, playing like not just a couple, but eight songs with us. Uh, Tommy Hendrickson and I were part of the Johnny Depp band at the NAMM show last January. That's the music industry trade show in L.A. So we played at that, and it was announced. It was like something everyone knew was going to happen, but the surprise was the special guests. So we had Alice and Marilyn Manson and Steven Tyler join us. That's all on YouTube. You can see all that stuff. Wow, that must have been some experience. Um, and of course, Mike Myers as well. The, the list is endless. Is there, is there anybody that you haven't performed with um, so far that you'd really like to be on the stage with? Oh, there's always going to be people like that. I mean, sure, there's there's people you grow up listening to that you'd love to play with at one time or another. You know, Eddie Van Halen comes to mind or, or certain guitar players, you know, someone like Jeff Beck. But... Yeah, the Mike Myers situation, that was another one of the Alice Cooper situations where we become the house band. Right. And it was at a benefit in Maui that we've played every year for the past three years. And Mike Myers lives there, he has a house in Maui, and he joined us to do an Austin Power song one night. This was Halloween, I'm, I'm sorry, what am I saying? It was New Year's, New Year's Eve of 2011, going into 2012. Yeah, that's on YouTube also. You know, if you're if you're wondering about Wikipedia, you could just YouTube it, see if it's real. Yeah, well, I put in uh, I put on your name with, with Johnny Depp, and it, it didn't come up. So I wanted to ask you, but I will now go away and I'll check out those two performances for sure. Now, kind of coming off of that question, there, we've been asking a couple of our guests recently to put together their ideal bands in an ideal situation. Who would be playing bass? Who would be playing guitar? And your fantasy band, so to speak. So you're on the drums. I'm playing it. Yep, you're on the kit. Yep, who who's involved? Who's who would you have in that band? Well, besides the fantasy band that I'm in now, playing in, of course, Dallas. <laughs> oh man, what kind of band? Rock, jazz? What are we talking here? So much. That's such a hard question. There's so many great players out there. Where do you even start, right? Oh, totally. I mean, I, I don't even know what style. It would totally depend. It's totally up to yourself. Um, but this is this this gets uh, this gets musicians thinking. This question, anyway. <laughs> well, sure. Someone like John Paul Jones on bass, you know, or That's Jeff Beck, like I mentioned. Sure, that would all be amazing. Sure. Hey, listen, that's a good three-piece straight away there. Jeff Beck on the guitar, you on the kit, and John Paul Jones on bass and piano. Right, right, yeah. I'd say, well, we'll just have that as a three-piece, as a house band, and just guest singers. I think that's, I think that's the fantasy band done. <laughs> yeah. Within music, is there anything you would like to achieve that you haven't thus far? Yeah, there's always the next thing. I think a musician can get caught up in that, or anybody can get caught up in that, not being satisfied with what you've done so far it's like oh well, i haven't done this yet and then you're putting pressure on yourself to get to that 
next thing and not enjoying where you're at. There's always things I'd like to to do, you know, whether it's playing on the, the Grammys or or other type of award shows, receiving an award like that. I mean, it just it never ends. You, you gotta you gotta at least at some t- at some points realize, hey, you know, I've done some some cool things, and there's a, there's a lot more out there to do, but you can't do everything. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm sure that's just around the corner. I, actually, that would be a really good Grammy appearance for Alice Cooper, no doubt. He would uh, rock the house down with, with or without Mike Myers, Steven Tyler, or any of the guests that he frequently has on stage. Listen, Glenn, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today, um, and listen, good luck with the rest of the tour. I'm sure it'll... Um, I'm sure it'll go great, and we'll look forward to eventually seeing you guys in Scotland at some stage. So great of Glenn Sobel to join us on his day off and chat about all things music, Alice Cooper. He was, this is the guy that's played in Johnny Depp's band, Rory. How cool is that? <laughs> you can't get much cooler than that, can you, Johnny Depp? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I suppose you can, Mike Myers. Depends on what way you want to look well, at I mean, it. Them all, huh? Nonetheless... Glenn Sobel, fantastic, great drama and a really, really cool guy as well, so it was good chatting to Glenn and getting to know him um, Everybody remember, Rory is in a band that nobody cares about, so um, <laughs> let's uh, give him an opportunity to um, to promote that band, now that we've got a, a rock audience listening in, all you Alice Cooper fans um, If you're bored of listening to Alice Cooper um, which none of you will be anytime soon um, If you're surfing the net and you get really, really bored um, there's a band that you can check out they've got their own Facebook account and they've got their own guitars um, They're <laughs> called Colours to Shame They play math metal as Rory explained last week, can you explain to the listeners this week that didn't hear the podcast last week what math metal is? Um, yeah, it's it's like I guess it's kind of like standard metal with lots of cool, fast, heavy riffs, but it's got like lots of odd time signatures and kind of a lot of modulation between the keys and whatnot. It's just quite mental sounding. Mental metal sounding. So it's, if like, it's like a metal Frank Zappa. Um, a metal Frank Zappa is he's selling it so well because um, it's odd time signatures. So if you want to go along to dance to a band, don't go and see these guys because you'll fall over trying to dance along all these odd time signatures and key changes and just making things more complicated for the listener. I could be your PR guy. What do you think? Um, not doing a great job. But no, I think so. No, they're called Colors to Shame, and in all seriousness, they're a fantastic band. Very, very interesting. And Rory points out there they're making an effort to sound very, very different, and they're certainly achieving that and they're taking Glasgow by storm so go and check them out go and check out their Facebook pages a lot of great clips on YouTube too and next week we have a very interesting podcast for you indeed keep an eye out you can get us on Stitcher Radio scottcowie.com and of course on iTunes rate, review, subscribe and we will see you guys next week